Pulse 95 live from Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival with our shared canvas, our shared canvas. Yes, welcome back on to the live show here from the SRTI Park covering the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival where great entrepreneurs are coming through our way. We are learning from their journeys, we're learning from their stories and from their diverse insights for sure and one entrepreneur that we're so excited and honored to be having joining us here in the studio happens to be Mr. Abdullah bin Sheikh, the founder of Astrotech and CEO of Botum. So we'd like to say welcome Mr. Abdullah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us. Now, first of all, um, I would like to just start by asking you to share, um, you know, a bit about your journey in founding Astrotech first and then subsequently becoming the CEO of Botum. So Astra uh, uh, came as a reaction to the uh, fragmentation that we see in the market today on communication platforms. Uh, if we look at the region, most people are uh, completely dependent, if not fully dependent, on uh, foreign platforms that they use. And most of those platforms cannot take you or cannot help you do uh, many things that can be made possible with a local uh, platform. So with Astra, we wanted to build a holding that can actually acquire and put together an ecosystem of networks. And alhamdulillah, we've been able to uh, do that over the past two years, whereby uh, we've put together Bottom, Payby, Rizq, a few other platforms, and we managed to merge them into one ecosystem that our users can enjoy. Mm. And, and talking about AstroTech a little bit more, it was only launched back in 2022, I believe, and it's had incredible success over those years. What actually motivated you to begin AstroTech and also run your own business? Because that's a big motive for a lot of entrepreneurs. I've never had a job, so I had to like come up make one. <laughs> so I've always had my own business. Mm. Uh, but AstroTech came after I've spent about uh, half a decade building in technology, right? So, and I saw a massive gap uh, especially highlighting our dependence on foreign platforms. Uh, and this is where I wanted to build this ecosystem and allow the users to come together on it. And like you said, uh, within two years, we became the region's largest fintech, the, le the region's largest by user number uh, platform. And Alhamdulillah, hopefully we can do a lot more. Mm. Of course, you know, I would like to share a personal story of mine. I'm uh, an avid user of Botum yes. because of my whole family lives abroad. So I have to use Botum. Same here. And, uh, you know, when, when my friends and family, they call from abroad or they want to call, I always tell them the only thing that's working in the UAE is Botum. <laughs> Literally, that's what we know. I mean, that's what we know and that's what we use. So how did it become? The only, or at least we always say, it's the only video calling app that we can use. And not only that, but it's somehow I, um, I personally use it for free. Yeah. So how did it come about, number one? Number two, how are you making money? So it will always be free. <laughs> till, uh, it is for free, it'll always be free. So nobody should be paying for bottom. How do we make money? Bottom today processes uh, is the biggest uh, fintech in terms of transactions that we process. So we make money on our transaction fees and what have you. We make money on ads. There's a bunch of different uh, yeah, revenue, revenue generators that, 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 that come our way. And this is the method that we try and use to monetize instead of having to charge people for a service that's everywhere else for free. But how did you get the approval for it? That's the thing from from the UAE. So the UAE, uh, many other countries like the UAE, where, where, even when you look at Southeast Asia, you look at India, you look, all of those uh, countries have their own very specific, very rigorous uh, data protection laws, uh, communication protection laws, internet protection laws, and what have you. And it is always open for everyone. 
whoever abides by the law uh, will basically be approved. But like I said, foreign companies usually took the initiative to invest more in data centers or into centers in Asia or in the US or in Europe, but they've never really paid a lot of attention to this part of the world. It wasn't a big part of their mm. plan and scheme to come and invest here. And, and we've done that. We've tried to invest fully locally and try and do everything locally. And that's how we, we get by. And do you, can you see yourself in the near future potentially pushing Botum into other specific markets or regions across the globe? So Botum today, what a lot of people don't know, has about 150 million users. Wow. So, well, <laughs> uh, so we're, uh, and like you said, you're one, but you brought on board your whole family, Absolutely. right? So each user brings Very in about true. five to Very 10 true. other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your family is not here. So I don't know where your family is, right. but right. They're, they're in other countries. That's true. So, so we are in, in 100 countries. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. And we have tens of millions of users in many different countries. It's interesting how that works. And, and, and talking about Botum, or Bottom, sorry, as well as Astrotech and the level of success that has been achieved over such few years you could say that requires strong leadership skills and style i want to talk to us to you about that because we're here at the Sharjah entrepreneurship festival how do you foster a positive work culture within your company and how important is it to foster that positive working environment so so uh, 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 you know if, if my team is hearing me talk about this that they'll laugh <laughs> uh, positive and difficult are not opposites in the work culture right a positive work culture is a culture that produces a positive outcome mm-hmm. be it on the balance sheet be it on what people learn every day be it for the users there is a positive outcome uh, unfortunately uh, there has been a massive movement towards portraying a positive workplace as a place that's very laid back and relaxed and you don't do much work at all and you know everybody is just lounging on beanbags and sliding down slides and what have you this is not our work culture our work culture is actually very very aggressive uh, it is uh, very long hours it is very you know uh, delivery oriented uh, you know our people are always on the clock because we're serving 150 million people mm. anything wrong goes wrong she can't make, call her parents she's going to be <laughs> mad at us of course I'll be mad uh, at you. <laughs> so it's a lot of responsibility and being a big company means shouldering a lot of responsibility as well so the culture is a culture of collective outcome where yeah. it's a, it's it's a group of people that are aligned on delivering a certain deliverable uh, less so is it a culture where we are everybody has to be comfortable and everybody has to be you know just lounging around all day that's not what we're trying to run and leading on to that point um, given and given your your experience of course in in founding and leading successful ventures uh, what kind of lessons um, have you learned along the way that you can you know share or advise other aspiring entrepreneurs looking to make their mark in the tech and healthcare industries, if we may say? I think uh, like a big highlight for me is seek difficulty. Uh, seek difficulty? Yeah, seek difficulty, seek pain. Uh, because and try to find a solution, right? Uh, yeah, it's the only way you, you, you'd learn. It's the only way you can build anything meaningful. There is this expectation that you know people want to call themselves an entrepreneur and they think it's just about writing out on a business card and lounging around saying you know i'm an entrepreneur and what have you know Mm. Uh, being an entrepreneur means you are willing to face more difficulty than someone else Mm. that's what you're entrepreneuring (laughs) that's your preneur basically right so if you are not willing to shoulder the difficulty if you're not willing to live through insane amounts of stress that other people are not willing to don't be one Mm -hmm. Uh, because 
uh, what happens is you become an exporter of pressure and stress. Mm -hmm. The people who work around you will get stressed by your stress. You're not able to put it under and uh, a lot of that thing. So, so a big lesson for me or a big thing that I keep telling people is unless you're capable, willing and ready to shoulder a lot, insane amounts of stress that other people don't and be under pressure all the time facing a problem, then don't be an entrepreneur. Don't, don't go that route. Mm. Wow, and with those difficulties, you could say, comes probably a lot of failures when it comes to entrepreneurship. And you need a pretty strong mindset to overcome those failures. How important is your mindset and your mental strength when it comes to being a successful entrepreneur? I don't like the particular word overcome because it sort of neglects the fact that you have to go through those failures. The only way to success is through failure, right? You, you have to go through those failures. Those are your... Uh, you know, battle scars. You need mm -hmm. to carry them yeah. along with you as you go. I don't trust anybody who's never failed because they don't know how to fail. And people who don't fail are very fragile. Whenever they face failure for the first time, they're gonna, you know, uh, uh, be extremely fragile and they're gonna be uh, completely shattered. Uh, so when you, when I, when I say uh, look for difficulty or seek difficulty, seek pain, it's fail a lot. You need to fail a lot. You need to fail more than everybody else in that space so that you know more than anybody else about that space. And, and uh, Abdullah, uh, you know, as, as an entrepreneur who has contributed um, to both local and global markets, how do you see the Middle East as a, a hub for tech innovation? Um, and where do you envision it in the future? Uh, uh, so, so here is what I, what I see now. Uh, you have the US, Europe, China, and you have the Middle East as sort of, and India obviously as the four, uh, the four or five biggest uh, markets we're looking at. What the Middle East has as an advantage on top of almost everybody else is you have a much younger generation that is almost, mostly has very good access to the internet, very good access to handhelds, very digital savvy generation. Uh, you've got uh, a lot of capital. Mm -hmm and you've got a lot of problems, mm -hmm. uh, which means you have a massive opportunity to resolve for a lot of problems. And if you just take it as a comparable, if you look at Europe, I think the GDP of Europe is about $15 trillion as we look at it today. The Middle East, oil combined, is five trillion. Only? Yeah. Wow. So, so, so we need three Middle Easts more. <laughs> yeah, wow. To, 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 to catch up. And this is gonna happen, obviously, if people keep building. If you look at Europe now, because of the legislative environment, because of how the country looks like, because of the fact that everybody thinks they can, you know, uh, everybody has a, a particular sort of opinion on everything and so on, they're, they're, they're going backwards much faster. Uh, and they're growing older much faster. Yep. And they're now starting to call themselves a, a sick man. I heard the... The, the foreign That's minister true. of Germany go yeah. out and say we're not really sick we're just a tired man I think <laughs> you know I would I would I would argue very sick right but, uh, <laughs> but when you look at the Middle East you have legislators who are very forward thinking mm -hmm. uh, you have a generation that's fully digital enabled and uh, digital first generation uh, and you have a lot of problems that people are working on so I'd expect within the four four five next years we'll probably be Hopefully, if things keep panning out as they are at half the GDP of Europe and within the next five years, we'd be able to probably overtake uh, in that sense. I, I mean, potential. Absolutely. I mean, when you talk about the forward thinking, surely that this is it, the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival. We're showcasing that there is a level of care, but also a level of investment in lots of startups. And I know that lots of startups bring those fresh ideas, bring those new and 
kind of youthful ideas, which is what you're talking about. So it, I think the ecosystem as a whole here in the Middle East, let alone the UAE, is just thriving. It is incredible to see. Talking about AstroTech and Bottom to wrap things up, what's the future hold? And what over the next few years, what would you say? So I think this year is going to be a big year for us. We've been talking about uh, GPT and LLMs a lot and how we can incorporate it in our user journeys. We've been talking about fi our financial services a lot and how uh, they ca we, can, we can grow those further into our users as well. Mm. Uh, so uh, I hope you know our users can expect from us this year a lot of movement on the financial side of things, a lot of uh, announcements coming out soon, hopefully about things that we're going to launch. So the focus is going to be a lot about on AI and a lot on uh, uh, financial services. So no other companies that you're planning to uh, establish? I, I, I acquire maybe, yeah. Acquire, maybe. <laughs> Acquiring. Anything that you, you know, you're excited to see today at the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival, like in terms of sessions or workshops or talks or it's guests? You guys and everybody here <laughs> is fantastic. It's, uh, I think it's really rejuvenating you see a lot of very young people very eager to learn and uh, you know i just uh, really appreciate uh, the energy and, and all the effort put together in, in, in putting such and a your lovely session event together as well what, what about my session well, uh, did you finish it or you're gonna have <laughs> no, i finished it I just you finished, finished it okay yeah. awesome awesome well thank you so much abdallah abu sheikh being the emirati jordanian businessman but also founder of astrotech and ceo of bottom for spending some time with us here on the program of course thank you for having me Thank you. Stay with us here on Pulse95. So many more conversations regarding the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival.